If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment. Your time to shine. Your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear, to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open. You be queen. You were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed school children who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone, and prayer. Be every form of gem. See, king told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come, dropping gem, dropping gem. Hey, welcome to the Dropping Gems podcast. I am your host, Debbie Brown. Big shout out to everyone that's a first time listener. Welcome. Thank you for joining. This is a space where we explore higher consciousness for your real life. And we really lovingly explore our shadow work, try on some different self-care tools and hear beautiful perspective from people all across the spectrums of well-being and also connecting deeper on my personal journey, your personal journey, and finding all the common ties in between. So welcome back to another episode. If you have been joining us for this wild ride of dropping gems, welcome back. Thank you so much for listening. Huge shout out to everyone that has listened to the show, connected with it, and then gone that extra step by subscribing or leaving a written review in our iTunes store. So, so grateful. And if you have a chance and if you have the bandwidth for it, uh, I would really appreciate if you took a second. It takes about... 60 seconds tops um, to do that today and share it with a friend. Any episode that really felt resonant to you. I think sometimes, 
you know, we think that we are in this isolated experience. I've recently been exploring some deepening conversations with one of my best friends. And, you know, there are so many things that we were each processing individually at the same time, but didn't know because we didn't talk about it. So if there was an episode that really resonated on your heart, whether it's today's or an episode that you heard earlier, Um, I highly suggest really in meditation or just taking a moment with your eyes closed, see who pops up first in your head, send that person the show or send someone you think could potentially dive a little deeper, would enjoy this, you know, start some of those conversations. When we think about the idea of building community, um, we often think of it as so far outside of ourselves, like we're waiting for all of these new people to show up. And in actuality, there is some really beautiful opportunity, especially now coming out of this pandemic. So many people have deepened their journey with themselves. There's this really gorgeous opportunity to chisel and refine and elevate some relationships that we do already have access to. So just a little something. All right, today's episode. Okay, a couple months ago, I had a chance to go on the podcast Almost 30. It is a wildly successful podcast. They have 400 plus episodes, over 20 million downloads. Um, it's been hailed as the best wellness podcast to listen to right now by Covator. Lots and lots of awards and recognition. It's it's an amazing show. And I- <laughs> And I had the chance to be a guest on it. Um, so I have an episode on there that you guys can check out. I I fell in love with the conversation. And I feel that I'm really in a season right now. Well, God has, God has continuously blessed me um, with finding like-minded people really easily and beautifully. But I'm in, I'm in a supercharged season right now where I am really drawn to specific people. And I feel this really natural magnetism between each of us and I've been exploring so many gorgeous conversations by just following my heart in that space leading me to new friends so um don't listen to Drake's song no new friends um if you want to stay stuck stay there but (laughs) there's so much opportunity to grow and expand and so that's what it felt like happened after I did that episode of Almost 30 the hosts Krista Williams and Lindsay Simic are brilliant, just absolutely brilliant women. And I have loved getting to know them. And so they're hopping on my show. They are very self-aware, highly, highly processed, which is a trait I love in my friendships and in people. Um, And they are just forging um, so many gorgeous new paths and building powerful community and building powerful tools and They're just amazing. So I'm excited to have them on my show. We have a lot to talk about. Quickly, I want to kind of give you a little back-end look um, at the fullness of some of the things that these amazing women have been creating and been doing. So give you a little background. Krista, she is the co-founder of Almost 30, a top 50 podcast, a global brand and community. With a background in digital marketing, sales, and strategy at Fortune 100 companies, Krista left the corporate world behind to build almost 30 from the ground up alongside her best friend and co-host, Lindsay. Since its inception in 2016, it's grown to over 20 million downloads, been nominated for so many incredible awards, and Krista and Lindsay lead worldwide events, digital workshops, and a membership program to support their community's conscious evolution 
She's also the the co-founder of Podcast Pro, a comprehensive program to help others create their dream podcast. So if anybody, if it's been on your heart to create that dream podcast, check that out. And Krista is also the creator of It's Krista, which provides an honest take on health, wellness, spirituality, and style, leading speaker on so many topics, and just overall badass. Lindsay is the co-founder of Almost 30 as well, and she began her career as an actress and a singer in Boston and New York City, which if you follow your story, her stories, you see like just that immense talent in that way radiating through. And she has also been a fit model and senior soul cycle instructor, which led her to her greatest creative endeavor, which has been almost 30, which I shared with you. Uh, She's also the co-founder of Podcast Pro, and she's a leading speaker in all things wellness. And she actually just launched this really beautiful program called Sacred Singleness um, that is all about like deepening your spiritual journey while you're single. So without further ado, uh, two of my new favorite, favorite, favorite human beings, welcome to the show. (laughs) You were just practicing the Debbie Dev intro, so I'm ready to freaking rock, baby. I literally could not keep taking my eyes off of you. Oh my God. So literally everybody, I got to tell you guys, first of all, Lindsay and Krista are so amazing. I was on their show. It is one of the most amazing podcast episodes I feel like I've ever done. Like we hit on so much. We did. And then the response that I was getting in the DMs from this and the messages, I was just like, wow, we really went there. They have this phenomenal space. I mean, they are a wildly, as I've shared, a wildly successful podcast. So, I mean, the space reflects it. It's money, money, money. And it's like very (laughs) gorgeous and um, it's just perfect. And so they were so incredibly generous and allowing with our studio that I typically record at being shut down because of the COVID um, with letting me come to their space and record. So I'm actually using their equipment. I'm in their phenomenal space. Yes. <laughs> I'm so happy you're I'm here. I'm so happy too. Same. It feels like, feels like when we, you were on the pod, it's just like this I little, um, this little bubble where we're yeah. kind of, well, we'll see you guys in three hours. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. But when we first sat down, we were laughing. You know, you guys know I have a radio background and I was talking to them about it. And so we did like a little rehash of that. And I did my little radio spiel. All right, coming up next. That's your girl, Debbie Dev. I literally love it. I'm like, because it's so, it's just so you. You're amazing. Thank you, guys. So something that, you know, you... The three of us were at my house a couple weeks ago. We're having an epic dinner. And um, we had really got into this really interesting conversation about women empowerment. Um, And especially about, I guess, the different stages of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Or sometimes um, the presentation of it that doesn't always feel real. So I want to, I definitely want us to get into that um, and to get into some more of those pieces of like what it is to be so spiritually awakened and in these streets, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, what it is to date from that awakened space, I think is so fascinating because you each are in love and you found such beautifully equally yoked relationships, right? And I think for so many people, especially women, listeners of this show, listeners of your show, you know, sometimes it feels really isolating Mm -hmm. when you become awakened and when you really begin to heal because you notice how many people are not. 
you know, and then it's like, oh, will I ever find someone that mm-hmm. speaks that language to me? <laughs> I think that's like our number one question from our girls are like, I'm on my path, but my man isn't. And then they want to know what to do. They're like, I'm interested in these things, but my person isn't. And I think we've probably got all on that path. And it's like the spirituality is so important, but you don't, it's also part of the spirituality to let the person be on whatever path they're on. Yeah. You know, and to sort of encourage them to be who they are more so than be like, you should be doing yoga with me. You should be doing this with me because there's like a part of your process where spirit, where you awaken, you're like, yes, everyone needs to know about this this is the best, I feel so connected, I am God. And you're like, everyone should waken. And you then over time realize, and it sort of settles in your system, that it's not really your place to be the one that's awakening everyone. Everyone's in their own divine timing. Oh my God. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, that's such a powerful topic and um, I'm excited to talk more about it. Yeah, and you know, let's, okay, so first, let's start here. Um, Where are you each from individually? And give us Give us your elevator of how you met each other and how you connected. Mm -hmm. So I'm from Ohio, small town, small town in Ohio, baby. And um, (laughs) Lindsay and I met at SoulCycle. So I was auditioning to be an instructor when I was in New York. I was working in corporate jobs and I was just so unfulfilled. Mm. I was like so desperate to find a purpose. Like I was like, I know that I'm here for a reason and I really want to find it. And it was so it caused me so much anguish because I was so dead set on figuring out what that was. And I went from corporate job to corporate job. I was successful in the corporate world, but I was really deeply unhappy. And so when I found SoulCycle, I was like, yo, I really love this. I'm using my body. I love the music. I love the community. I love being a leader and I want to audition. So I did everything I could to like audition for SoulCycle. I didn't get it. I didn't get my first audition. And so what I did in the meantime to audition again was um, went and got vocal lessons uptown. So every like Wednesday at my corporate job, I would go uptown and get voice lessons because I was trying to be better on the microphone at SoulCycle because being on the microphone made me so uncomfortable. I felt so uncomfortable. So I was getting these voice lessons. I was preparing all these things. And I was like, I need to connect with an instructor to help me with my second audition. And Lindsay ended up being that instructor. She helped me with my second Soul Cycle audition, which I didn't get. And then um, from that point, you know, we were connected and we were both going through these transitions that so many people go through in your late 20s, where mm. your prefrontal cortex is coming online, your Saturn return is happening, and you're really becoming conscious of how you are in a specific role in your life and how um, your parents have impacted you, your relationships, there's a lot of things happening. And so we kind of commiserated on these transitions and how upset I was that I didn't feel like I had a purpose. And she was going through her own relationship transitions. And we're like, you know, we can't be the only ones. I feel like people talk about when you graduate from college and they're like, oh, the real world, like welcome to the real world. And that's a really hard transition. But I feel like your later 20s when things get really real felt like it was even more, it was even harder. Like the decisions had more weight, it felt like. So we started to record our conversations and then, you know, five years later, we have a beautiful show and community and all this stuff. And it's beautiful because I feel like I found my purpose, you know, through it all. Mm. I have some questions about SoulCycle, but Lindsay, first, Mm -hmm. I would love um, for a little bit of your background. Yeah. So I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania, just north of Philadelphia. And yeah, I mean, I was a performer my whole life, you know, kind of a theater kid. And um, just fast forward to that life in New York, where after college, I was like, I want to pursue Broadway. And so, um, 
knowing that I was like, well, I have to get a bartending job. Like, you know, knowing like, you know, artists who are auditioning during the day, how do they support themselves? They bartend. Um, obviously there are other jobs, but that's what I chose. <laughs> and, um, so I was working at night and, um, auditioning during the day and I had a bunch of different jobs and, um, it was, it was hard because I was in my, you know, mid twenties and like struggling and super poor, but also really passionate about what I wanted to do. Um, and expressing myself is like my, my lifeblood, you know, like it just makes me feel so alive. So, um, that always kept me on my path. And then, um, yeah, as Krista mentioned, I just went through this like pretty intense breakup where the person I thought I was going to be with forever, I just felt completely disconnected from. And, and, you know, it is kind of that breaking point of, wow, I just feel like my soul speaking so loudly, wanting to like work with me in, in evolving and actually pursuing and doing what I truly desire and really just being who I really am. Because within that relationship, I wasn't who I really was um, and am because I was kind of operating on um, what I thought he wanted me to be. And so I ended up cheating on him and just kind of like throwing some gasoline on the entire relationship. And it was really painful because I would never have expected myself to do that. It was kind of this weird out of body experience where I'm like, my soul was so clear that I had to move on, but like human Lindsay was like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to have a healthy conversation with him. Like, I don't know what that looks like. So I just kind of sabotaged the whole thing. And, um, Mm. and so after that I was, I was pretty, you know, I was kind of in a depressed state like season of my life because I just felt so disconnected from myself. And, um, during that time I uh, started to go to soul cycle eventually I became an instructor and then they moved me out here to LA. And that was really the the big event of my Saturn return was the move from LA to New York, which really changed everything. I felt mm-hmm. like I could breathe. Like I felt like, you know, I just felt, um, yeah, less of this, less of this pressure to um, be chosen in New York. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take time. Like I was actually mm. chosen to come out to LA by soul cycle. I can kind of define this new chapter of my life for myself instead of waiting to be picked and cast or whatever. And it was just a really beautiful beginning, which eventually led me to Krista when we met at soul cycle. And I just felt like, wow, we're having these deep conversations and it feels really good. You know, yeah. simple, deep conversations. I was like, ah, oh, okay, so I'm not alone. Like, I don't have to just do this all by myself, right? And mm-hmm. and so um, when we started the podcast, I'm always down to start creative ventures. And I was like, let's do it. We can record in my closet, your closet, and we'll just figure it out, you know? And And that's what we did. The thing that really stands out for me is just the power of really having these intentional friendships. Yeah. You know, like like friendships that honor us where we're at in the moment. And that are also the catalysts for more, you know, friendships that allow for that kind of chiseling and refinement to happen. And when I I've I've had the pleasure of being able to experience you both and your friendship dynamic in person quite a lot. Um, I know I shared this earlier, but I came on the show and we just kind of all fell in love with each other. Or maybe maybe (laughs) I just talk about it the whole podcast. Maybe I just (laughs) became the third 
wheel. Yes. I don't know. Yes, you did. Um, <laughs> you did. Welcome. You start every show with Debbie Dev. Debbie Dev and the girls. <laughs> but you know, it's like the thing that's so really breathtaking to me about both of you is how processed you each are. And that that's rare. I mean, it's really, really rare. I am a highly processed bee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> I you am are. so processed. I am always so blissfully deep in my shadow work and just, you know, really, um, and I, I really strive to be in a surrendered space. And you guys are much the same. The second someone meets you, it's like, oh God, the work, they've done it. Mm-hmm. They know it by heart. They can teach it, you know? Mm-hmm. How does that, like establishing that kind of connection because I think for a lot of people and definitely a lot of a lot of listeners of this show you know the piece is I know I'm awake I know I want more for me I know there's healing to be done how do I start surrounding myself with more people like me or more people that can be a mirror for me or aid me and that's that's the piece that gets really challenging and sometimes gets people stuck so what was that journey of you guys looking towards one another and coming together outside of that that initial structure and system of soul cycle mm. yeah and, and just a few things i want to answer that and a few things on you said it's like people say they want the mirror but then they get the mirror mm-hmm. yeah and they run because mm-hmm. i know that even within my intimate partnership with my fiance it's like i want the mirror and then the mirror shown and then i'm like oh baby this is bothering me so i think that's a, a point and then on the work it's like I think we do the work, you do the work. And I noticed that the people that are doing the most work don't talk about the work. Mm. <laughs> they aren't like, they're kind of, it's literally part of the process of life. Yes, um, yes. But yeah. for our relationship, you know, one of the key parts was meeting ourselves deeper in process than if we were younger or if we were in college or if we were right out of college because that was actually something that was really bothering me when I moved to LA. I had shame around the fact that I had lived in Ohio, Chicago, New York, and then LA and that I was having these friends that I was meeting later in life that I was having deep relationships with people when I was older Mm -hmm. and I didn't carry a lot of friends from, I have a lot of friends from college and I have like one friend from home and I felt a lot of shame. I'm like, should I have friends forever? Should Mm -hmm. I have all these friends forever from home? Like, should I be someone that has this deep intimate relationship with tons of people at home? And I realized how, you know, coming fresh with Lindsay, it's like, I'm showing you who I am today and we're working with who I aspire to be. We're not looking back to like the person that I was in college, the person that I was outside of college because she's amazing and she exists. But like I'm able to start fresh with her and just really be like showing up as my best self and then we can build from there. And so when people have friendships later in life or they have these relationships, it's almost like you can have a new expectation of people. And I always felt limited by my friends that I met earlier on because they had this expectation of me to be this thing. And when someone's unprocessed, like they are from a lot from my hometown in Ohio, there's a lot of projections. There's a lot of limiting. There's a lot of, um, unconscious behavior. So having a new friendship with conscious behavior has been so powerful, but we've had, we are mirrors of each other and we've had to lean in all the time and we've had to really do the work together, even when it's uncomfortable, but it's been, you know, some of the most fulfilling work that I've ever done in my life. Mm -hmm. To be truly seen is incredibly uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I find that with, you know, between us in romantic relationships and even like with our community, like to be truly seen, it's beautiful and can be incredibly, 
it's like new skin you're tr- or mm-hmm. lack of that kind of shell and um and also even the the letting yourself be seen yes. like oh, yes. that mechanism is such an interesting piece Ooh, to play yes. with yes so much resistance yeah, yeah we're noticing you know where is there againstness or where is there any any subliminal thoughts of unworthiness mm-hmm. or not enoughness mm-hmm. yeah and really it's ego. usually a reflection of like have i witness myself in that way you know am I comfortable witnessing myself in that way yeah it's been beautiful Lindsay especially it's like she's made her um you know some of the things that we've talked about I have my issues and I'm not just bringing up hers for shits but it's like codependency Mm -hmm. and then um like we both struggle with abandoning ourselves that we're very acutely aware of now and she's made those like her superpower in a way where it's Mm -hmm. like she's very much able to come into conversations and be like abandon herself enough to like let whatever's coming to surface come without judgment or without projections. So it's like getting herself out of the room, getting the ego out of the room. And, you know, for the parts of our relationship that have been hard, it's not like it's been fun, but it's been really rewarding. And I didn't even realize that with other relationships, it only got to the part where I wasn't, I was done faking it in a way. And I realized it was like, they were friends with my mask. They were friends with my ego. Like I have, and this happens all the time. It's like, people can be friends with your ego. People can be friends with the projection that you portray. And when you really get down to it and you go past the mask, you go past the ego, it's like, that's when true connection comes. Mm. And I realized for most of my life, I'd been really projecting a person. And it was very subtle. I'm very real and authentic. And when people meet me, they're truly meeting the real me. But there are times where I would abandon myself or like just kind of have to make someone feel good. I'd make it all about them. I'd sort of focus on them. And so to not do that was like such a shift for me. What was one of the early conversations in the establishment of your friendship and what this would become that you guys remember was kind of like a moment where... It felt okay to be naked in front of each other. I know there have been many, but I'm thinking of like almost our <laughs> in in our coaching sessions with uh-huh. Aaron. There just have been so many moments where within that container of our with our coach Aaron Rose, um, because we are there for that purpose to connect and like kind of unravel some things going on. It just feels super. Um, super safe and guided, which is helpful. And like, we're really able to yeah, witness one another. And I think, you know, one of the conversations I remember was around the fact that we are um, such a beautiful mirror and catalyst for each other's growth. Mm. You know, like I was talking to my, I'm doing a program right now. And I was saying that, like, I just feel like we're each other's doulas, Mm -hmm. you know, like we really serve as like one another, especially as women. I just feel like, Mm we serve as each other's support and guides and we're not trying to do it for them, but we're just there to kind of hold. Yeah. And I really feel that with with Krista, both in our personal friendship and sisterhood and past lifetimes and our business relationship. Like we really do balance each other out. We support one another. We communicate telepathically. It's mm-hmm. just this really beautiful system yeah. of mm-hmm. of support. I think the first years of the podcast, though, was like really there was like a low level of anxiety between us Mm -hmm. a a lot of the time. For sure. Because we were both working full time jobs 
and we were both just so stressed out and I was like so like obsessed with this and I just was like so taken by it. I was like just wanting to just make it happen and it was always sort of like this push pull of like who's going to do this, who's going to do that. Like there's a lot of unknowns building the business and so that actually diffused you know a few years into having the hard conversations of being like, "Hey, I'm feeling this way. How are you feeling?" Like the story that I'm telling myself is that you're um, trying to control me or you're not doing enough or whatever that is. And then you can always go back in therapy. We could do therapy um, on our own and be like, peel that back. Like I'm feeling like this, like what is that saying about me? For me, I have a lot of issues around trust with women. I have like trust because of the way that I grew up and abandonment issues as well. So I always sort of view things that happen or triggers that happen in our relationship from that lens. Yeah. And so then I can always sort of process back like, okay, when did I feel abandoned when I was younger? And like, how is this triggering that little girl for me? Like, how is she mm. feeling abandoned again? And how am I feeling like, oh my God, I'm scared she's gonna hurt me. I'm scared she's gonna, you know, I'm scared she's gonna judge me or I'm scared she's gonna, um, you know, not tell me the truth or something. And so the awareness of self is so important because yeah. it helps you be in relationship with people so much clearer. So when Lindsay, we're separating for the move, it's like, I can feel my abandonment. I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna be abandoned. I'm gonna be alone. And now I can really work with the energy of feeling frustrated yeah. much better. So that piece, I wanna sit there for a second because you know this is part of your process. And so instantaneously I'm like, oh yes, yes, oh my God. But I think, what you just expressed is actually for so many listening, a beautiful blueprint for the experience of becoming more self-aware. And so it's really, you know, when we speak to like self-inquiry or that self-investigation in real time, that's what it looks like. It looks like I feel a charge in my chest, in my body or somewhere. I'm noticing a shifting that is not comfortable. How can I sit with myself for that moment and investigate that feeling before I react or before I potentially unload on a friend, on a family member, so on. But it's like, it looks like that and it's that quick. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think when we think about doing the work, you know, what the work is, when you haven't started it or you haven't necessarily found your groove in it yet, it does feel like this enormous mountain. Mm -hmm. It feels like the midterm you didn't study for, that you're always coming up a little bit short. You know, we're always, oh, I want it to be better. I'm not quite doing it. It seems like more opportunity to self-criticize. But what it really is, is just a few reflective questions in the moment with no judgment either way. With no judgment either way. Like what you just expressed, it's like, okay, and I, I really want I really want to frame it um, around what you said powerfully, which is like, okay, the story I'm telling myself is this. So if you are in a conflict with a friend with someone in your life and you're like, I'm feeling unappreciated. Well, the truth is, is that true? Is that fact? Have you actually been able to establish with proof and with conversation that that's a fact or is it an assumption? Most likely it's an assumption. So if it's an assumption, why would I assume that first, mm -hmm. right? Okay, well, I think I assume that first because of my past and because of how I feel about myself and because of things that have been in my history. Do I have to apply that lens to this moment, you know? And I, I kind of want to really illustrate that right now and just take mm -hmm. that second to unpack it because that is, those are 
the fibers of how this work actually operates and how it changes your life. And I think that this piece of it that you guys are speaking to does not get spoken about enough. Everyone wants to take well-being to the point of like, okay, what is self-care? You know, what can I what can I do? Okay, I'm going to do the yoga, I'm going to do the meditation, but the deepest parts of self-care are the granular shadow work. Mm-hmm. It's the really personalized experience of investigating your own thoughts and seeing when you're not always truthful with yourself or when you have those old loops of programming, you know, moving through your being. That's mm-hmm. so so powerful. Mm-hmm. It's being so present that you're able to take that moment. And I always forget that, you know, in, in doing those practices, that self inquiry in the moment that I can take time and space, you know? So for example, you know, with family in the moment, if we're getting together and I feel, you know, triggered in some way that I can create a bit of space. I don't need to react in the moment. I can actually ask for what I need, which might be, hey, like, I would love to have a conversation this week about it. You know, yeah. let's just, yeah. you know, like, I forget that I can actually ask for what I need, that I can take time for a little self inquiry, that I can reflect and not because otherwise I am just being so reactive. Yeah, the expediency yeah. is the ego. You know, the ego needs now. The ego needs now. It's like, I am unwell. I am unsafe because I'm not getting something from you. And people, you know, operating now, not people, but learning how to operate now from the space of like radical responsibility for my emotions is so rewarding. Mm -hmm. And it just makes everything so much better. Mm -hmm. But at first it seems hard because you're like, okay, so I'm responsible for my relationship not mm. being up to par, my friendships aren't really fulfilling. Yeah. My job isn't my purpose. And, you know, it's taken me eight to 10 years in my awakening to sort of work through those, but making the small steps of awareness and sort of playing with that voice in our head, because we all have the voice in our head. That's yeah. consciousness, you know, and kind of and, talking and back with that. the voice is not us. Yes. You know, so. it's really the understanding within that higher consciousness that you hear the voice, you are the, you are what is observing and hearing the voice. Yes. You are not the voice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That piece, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, this self-talk thing has been wrong the whole time. And that's yes. why, I, you know, I always say meditation is so important yes. because that's where you glimpse that. That's where you're able to really kind of step outside of your own body, of your own self of your own human existence mm-hmm. and experience yourself as that fuller, more vibrant, all encompassing energy mm-hmm. that we are when mm-hmm. we come here. Mm-hmm. And I think taking the time too, like that thought that you were describing where you ask if it's true, is it, can you prove that it's true? And usually it's an assumption. It's like the next step that I've been kind of trying out is like, okay, let me try on what like the opposite of that yeah. would be. And how, how can I prove that that's true? Yes. You know, and yes. we don't think to kind of like try on a new yes. truth um, because we've identified so much mm. with that other. And then it's like, why are we trying on truth? Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like, exactly. Like what, I love the phrasing you just used of the trying on truth, but it's like, 
when we take it even that step deeper for each of us. Like this is what self-inquiry is. Mm -hmm. Why am I wearing anything? Mm -hmm. Why am I not just being? Why am I not just surrendered? Why am I even thinking about it? I can just be, I can be in flow, you know, I can be love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think with the assumptions thing too, it's like, you know, a lot of times though, I think with women especially, the assumptions are wrong, but sometimes they're actually right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what's you know really important too <laughs> is that a lot of assumptions I've had about maybe stress in our relationship are completely right. Yeah, She's feeling that, I'm feeling that. Maybe it's in my partnership. I'm kind of feeling like you know we're not connecting. Yeah. It's, it's my mm-hmm. intuition. And so a lot of times that's what's important about the self-inquiry is like, okay, these are the lenses that I look at life at. I feel like I can't trust people. I feel like... Um, I'm too much for people. I feel like I need to abandon myself to be loved. Okay, I'm gonna keep an eye on those lenses, but also I'm gonna keep an eye on my, what is my intuitive sense saying? What is my soul telling me? That this is safe, that these people, you know, are love, that they are being honest. And I can sort of work with those and always check in with these, um, the way in which I look through the world, the lenses and see like, is this happening? Or is my intuition really just telling me something that I need to be aware of? Because Mm -hmm. I think so often a lot of the anxiety that people have and, mostly women, is around like their intuition speaking to them and them not really trusting it enough. So it's just Mm -hmm. this like discrepancy in between the way that they're living their life and what their intuition is like deeply trying to tell them. Mm -hmm. Thank you for bringing that forward because it really is that delicate dance, right? Because if we have spent our entire lives really not fully clear or investigated with self, it is also so easy to completely desecrate our intuition system, you know? And so that's the byproduct of all the times we don't trust ourselves and all the times that we are not exploring our limiting beliefs, our patterns, what our past has brought to the table. Then we completely eradicate and destroy our internal GPS system. And so then when we're trying to do the work Mm -hmm. and we're beginning that self-inquiry, then we feel like we can't fully even trust or that everything has to be spiritually bypassed in some Mm -hmm. way, you know? Yep. And that was something, you know, I've had to learn a lot this year was like, my soul has an opinion Mm. and my, it's okay. I'm not being judgmental. My soul has an opinion. Like this relationship is not for you, is not judgmental. It's my soul telling me. It's your preference. Mm -hmm. My preference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's so much shame around, around that because in the spirituality world, it should be like, you know, it is love everyone, treat everyone with respect, be honest, be kind, but also we shouldn't be tolerating situations, people, circumstances that aren't for us, that aren't the best for us. And our soul really knows the best on our path. So it's like that balance too, where you really don't, you're not being judgmental of people in a way that's unprocessed or like spewing your, um, your shadow, but really the beauty of like your soul having a preference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's the piece too that is it it gets fun to really play with. Cause I remember when I when I first started doing some of the work, that idea, I was like, okay, so what's the judgment? Well, no, I yes. don't want to judge. I don't want to be in judgment. And then, you know, the way it was broken down to me was, you know, think of it like ice cream, right? Like I don't like chocolate ice cream. I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to eat it. I'm not saying anything is wrong with chocolate Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying you can't enjoy chocolate ice cream. I don't like the taste and that's my preference, you know? And so it's like, even as we're looking through that lens with the judgment of self or with the way we feel about other people, people have unconditional love completely mixed up. 
I unconditionally love everyone. I also trust people to be themselves and I give them what they can handle of me because I know what their boundaries are Mm -hmm. and I know what my boundaries are. And I also know what my preferences are. I can on a soul level unconditionally love someone and wish for them the life they deserve. But it can also be my personal preference that I don't enjoy our energy together Mm -hmm. or I don't think that it is conducive to the life I want to live and how I want to feel for us to be closely connected. And it doesn't have to be beef. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think especially as women or at least in my experience, like I feel so much responsibility for the other person's experience in that moment. Yeah. Because I'm if I if I have a preference and I'm very clear about it, I'm also thinking about how are they going to receive it yeah. and that's not our responsibility no. to manage no but it's it's hard not to and that is the thing that I think especially as women we say a lot it's it's the oh but how will they act oh but are they going to feel bad that is between them and their life's curriculum yep. as long as we're in integrity right I'm not saying go around and tell someone oh you're full of it but if you're in integrity and, and you say you know what this doesn't feel good for me so I don't want to be involved how someone else feels or reacts to that is so about them and their process and all the variables we know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Even the ones we do know about, it still doesn't have to change your choice and your boundaries. Yes. Yeah, it's liberating, but it is challenging. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I almost, but when women and people have boundaries with me, I am like horned up. I'm like, yo, you can't hang out like, or you can't do that. Or like, that's not working for you. Like, it's just such a attractive quality. Even I think too, you have great boundaries. Uh Like you, I was even telling Lindsay, like you, you are an open book, but you, you protect parts of yourself, parts of your experience and self rightfully. So, and I really respect that. I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh damn. Like she reveals over time. And it's really beautiful. And I was thinking about that, mm. how powerful that is. Um, but just because, you know, we're talking all about this doesn't mean it's really easy. Yeah. it. You know, it doesn't mean it's easy, but I think compared to the alternative, it actually is. You know, when I, when I think yeah. about what the alternative would be, which would be me in any way disappointing myself or me in any way making a decision I knew I didn't want to make and then I have to eat the feelings of that alone with me and then project judgment onto myself nah yeah we can dive in the other way (laughs) and that's not serving anyone else yeah you know what I mean yeah I've learned that in friendship I've learned that with my partner where like he's so attuned when I when I abandon myself and it's a complete turn off to him he's like "What what are you doing you know, I can tell when his energy shifts because he feels that. And yeah. it's beautiful because it's such a mirror to me <laughs> to, to like remind me. Um, but yeah, and it's also not serving them. Like for you yeah. to kind of like, for me to mold and shift in order to satisfy and manage someone else's experience is actually mm-hmm. not serving their life curriculum. And, oh, so perfectly said. Yeah, you're robbing them of their mm-hmm. opportunity too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing about, you know, the way I experience it's it's everything is really based on that energetic exchange. Everything mm-hmm. is about an exchange. And, you know, something I've had to get stronger in as a woman, like with my boundaries. And thank you for that reflection, because I love my boundaries. I am a very boundary They're person. Mm-hmm. And it has just so positively informed my life in so many ways. It's given me access to new layers of myself. 
I say no freely. And I, I really came to the understanding, you know, I was, I, I was telling people at work this, I said, I'd rather disappoint you than disappoint myself. Yes. So if me saying no disappoints you, you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But I'd mm-hmm. rather you feel disappointed about something I'm not doing for you than me feel disappointed mm-hmm. about yeah. something I don't want to do. Because it's a projection. Yeah, that's another interesting thing coming into that like experience of, oh, I am number one. Mm-hmm. My relationship with God and myself is number one. And yeah, how our entire period. lives we've been programmed to have everyone above ourselves and of mm-hmm. God. It's like the parents are number one. Our friends are supposed to be number one. Our relationship is supposed to be number one. You know, our job is supposed to be number one. And then when you kind of come back, you're like, oh, that's not working. To have my yeah. friends be my God's not working. To have my relationship be my God's not working. To have my work be my God's not working. Okay, so I need to be my own in relationship with God and I need to be my own number one over anything. And it's not selfish. It's like the most important relationship ever. And I've had to really step into that this year as well. Yeah. And that's the point, right? It's like we are all in a non-narcissistic way, the stars of our lives and everyone else is a supporting character in what our life story is. Mm -hmm. And the same, we're supporting characters in other people's lives, but we can't, you know, I believe that a core tenet of being a human is showing up in service to humanity. Mm-hmm. I can't do that unless I have shown up in service to myself first, mm-hmm. period. And, you know, throughout human history, we have trained women and all humans, but especially women. Golly, we have had mm-hmm. <laughs> so many weights on our shoulders um, since the dawn of time. We have been trained to think that our discomfort is and should be normal and that we should always be subjugated to be in service to others and to be in a a system of martyrdom, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel so grateful that in this moment in time, the age of the multi-hyphenate, multi-dimensional woman is here. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be my full self. Mm -hmm. I want to live life fully expressed. Mm -hmm. When I leave this earth, I want all of the creativity that I had inside me laid out I remember in, um, I don't know if it was the 80s or 90s, but Oprah did an episode on um, mothers putting themselves first. Mm -hmm. It was all about how moms should put themselves first over their kids and everyone in the audience booed. Wow. Because everyone was like, no, kids should be first, like family should be first. And it was like a very radical idea. So it's not long ago that we kind of had this martyrdom as the norm, you know, as Mm -hmm the sort of thing where we're like, oh, of course you lose your identity. Of course your kids become who you are. Of course your family is is how you define your worth. Of course all these things. So it is really beautiful that we've made it this far this quickly where people are realizing now that like your worth is in how much you love yourself and feeding into yourself. And it's so interesting to have it um, reflected in like a family system because like our parents are of the generation that, you know, did kind of like, sacrifice their needs and desires and their life plans this is generally speaking and from like my mom's mom and dad's perspective like that's what they did like kids come first Mm -hmm. they come way not even second like Mm -hmm. way down the line and for them to witness me like actually put myself first yeah create boundaries make decisions for myself etc 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 it's like it is radical it is kind of shaking up their idea of like like their idea of themselves. Yeah. And I, I think too, it's like 
when when you are learning how to do self work or you are getting you're building up that internal courage and kind of tenacity to go for self you also have to investigate what are these definitions of these systems we believe in, right? Like even the concept of put kids first, oh no, put yourself first. Mm -hmm. Well, let's sit in what those definitions of first are Mm -hmm. because I think the quick assumption is that if I were to say I don't put my child first, that Mm -hmm. means that they are the afterthought of my life, that I'm somehow neglecting them or their needs, or I somehow have a disdain for doing the things for them that are required, right? And the lens that I look through it from is like my son, Young Quest. Mm -hmm. He is the most profound joy of my life, the most important, important human being soul experience of my life, period, without a doubt. There is nothing, nothing that comes ahead of my son. However, I still take time for myself. And so it's not me saying, me under the under the understanding of putting myself first, it doesn't mean that he ever misses a meal, that he ever misses a hug, that he ever misses anything that I so gladly and happily and gratefully give to him. But it does mean that mommy is not going to take on guilt Mm -hmm. when I do something for me. It does mean that, you know what? I will take a vacation by myself for myself when I need to. And I know and I trust that I have equipped him with the people and the life that are most supportive for him that will love and nurture him. And he will be clear on how I feel. It doesn't have to be a one or the other. Mm It can be this exchange. It can be both. And it's like when we, when women are coming into this space, so much of why they can't put themselves first or why they think they are being so righteous that they serve everyone else. And, oh, no, I never – I don't have time to look at me or do mm-hmm. – it's a cop-out. It's a tool of avoidance. We just have to more deeply understand the languaging around some of these belief systems Mm -hmm. that we're hashing out as our life values. Mm -hmm. And you doing something for yourself is an act of love for your son, you know? It's like under that umbrella of like, he's first. Yep. And therefore, I'm going to take care of me. For him. I don't want him to ever, you know, seeing a mom that's stressed out, seeing a mom that is on her last legs, it's not going to endear to him the full understanding of the power he can carry and wield in this Mm -hmm. world, right? It'll just be, oh, my mom did everything for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, poor mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or (laughs) I I stress her out. Yeah, or I stress her out. Or it's going to be like, oh, she never got to do things. And so Mm -hmm. then you're passing down this guilt all because you didn't choose yourself, all because you didn't process yourself, you know? And it's it's hard, it's challenging, and there's no judgment in that. Go at your own pace. Mm -hmm. But it just, it really, that piece of it, investigating what are the deeper layers in the stories, even of the belief systems that I really love? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. And too, with being um, a mom, it's almost like the the serving others and people that serve others, it's an avoidance really of the yeah. self. Because it's like, if you eventually sit by yourself, you realize that your self-worth, your self-love is based on others. Mm-hmm. You know, you're putting other people first because of that reason. And there's so much deeper there that, is actually really hard too because when you start to re- when you start to create boundaries, people are like, "What are you doing? You are the mom that I walk all over. You're the mom that's always there for me. You're the mom that puts her yeah. me first. Like you're the mom." So that is actually challenging 
but it's like, again, the most worthwhile thing that you could ever do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because just because you come, become a parent doesn't mean you still don't have your individual destiny. It doesn't mean you don't still have your, you know, the vastness of whoever you're called to be in this world. It's just you're meant to be that and also shine your light on this child and be a gift to them. And eventually the child will be a gift to the world. Hold that thought. We are coming right back. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. It took 11 years to get to this sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I really want to get into some more of friendship intimacy with you guys. Um, You guys have such a beautiful friendship. And the thing that I take away when I experience you both is really the masterful support system you've created for yourselves so that you can be great friends for one another. And I hear so much thoughtfulness and deliberate action in that. Something you shared a little bit earlier was that as a team, you know, going from friendship into a business, especially a business like yours that becomes this successful and known, there are the pressures to it and a lot of friendships in that way. But you guys really supported yourself. What structures did you put in place or what systems did you put in place so that you can not only live this big friendship life, but also have vibrant careers together? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely been an evolution and a learning process because in the early years, we were really consumed with with building this. And I think like through a lot of our energy and time into 
the business and not necessarily our friendship. And just as a background, we we met and started the podcast very shortly after. So we've kind of been like, you know, um, deepening our friendship as we've grown the business. So it's been, it's been really cool. Um, but I think, you know, we hit kind of a point where we realized how integral our friendship is to the success of the business. And that's not why we wanted to focus on the friendship because that is number one, but it was becoming so obvious. Um, and so like what Krista said earlier about just kind of that, like, underlying tension and so much of it was um yeah there was a lot of pressure and also just building a business is like some of the most confronting self-study you will ever do as public figures too yes as public figures people watching you and and doing something that not a lot of women have done you know I think the podcasting space was kind of like a lot of men in the beginning and so as you know, it's like, there's not a ton. And so anyway, I feel like, um, yeah, we got to the point where we had to, and, and, and we really like looked at where we were projecting and where, um, our own stories in our head, like mine was like, am I ever going to be good enough for this business? Cause I don't really have a background in corporate. And I, you know, just felt like I didn't have the tools when really, I have everything I need in order to give to what we're creating. It wouldn't have tapped us on the shoulder if I didn't, but I was so wrapped up in like, she knows how to do this, 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 and this. And like, am I even worthy to be here for this thing? You know? And, um, so much of those stories were going on in our heads and not in real life. And so once we started to have those conversations, it's like the pressure was released. Mm -hmm. It was like, Oh, and what did that, what, how did you begin that? Right? Like how did you even, kind of open yourself enough in that vulnerability to start telling each other, uh, this may not be working well, or mm-hmm. I feel like this, you're making me feel like this. I know I'm trying to think. I remember one time I was like in the car and I called after work. <laughs> it was like a while ago. And I was like, I called and I just was like, wanted to speak to something and say something about, you know, how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also has been, what has deeply deepened us is going through, you know, last year we had, um, just hard times in 2020, as many people did. And it really, those hard moments really shook us up enough to like have to show up vulnerably because we were like so scared and we were just so um, unsure. So in the hard times, it's forced us to have to be vulnerable yeah. and it's forced us to have to be truthful. Um, but it's not like every time we say something something's bothering us, it's not like we're communicating like every second, like, hey, that was kind of annoying or like, hey, that was, it's really at the times when we're like, okay, I know that we're both psychically feeling that there's an off situation happening. How are we gonna approach mm-hmm. this? Um, but for the tools that we've used, I mean, we did we did an ayahuasca retreat together in Costa Rica, which was helpful and opening. We did this um, retreat at onsite. It's like a... It's in Nashville and they do group therapy work. So it's like this intense group therapy work that we both did uh, together that was profound. And then this year we really honed in on our support. And we have a coach that we work with um, every month. And then we have a healer named Kiki that we work with every two weeks. And so just making sure that I have my therapist, you have your therapist, we have our coach, we have our healer. How can we like make sure that we have people that we pay to support us, but that we deeply trust? Wow. Mm-hmm. 
And it really holds like a container for conversations that we have on our own and also broadens our or deepens our awareness of the other. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I think we can get so wrapped up in our own stuff. And yeah. so if I'm aware of, you know, something that may have happened to Krista before I even met her, mm-hmm. that might be, you know, triggered now in a moment between us, it just gives me so much more color and and more compassion where I'm like, okay, like, mm-hmm. you know, where my reaction, I, I'm less likely to react and more likely to inquire or offer support or just hold space or give space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so impressive. Mm. <laughs> it it is took a while. Really, yeah, it took a while. Yeah. But that's how, you know, I thought about, I'm like, how do I want to spend my money? Like, I want to invest it in myself. Like, yeah. once you also, too, have been, it's interesting how you transition, like, you know, before I was like, labels, clothes, things, which is amazing. And then you kind of move out of that and you're like, uh, how will this serve me to, like, help me multiply my energy? and my time mm-hmm. and my mental health. Yeah. Like, you Magic. Know, that's how like I'm spending all my money every month is on stuff like that because it just like feeds me in every way possible. Yeah, it's funny. I had a meeting with my business manager and I'm a, I'm a highly detailed person. Very, very detailed. Yes. Go with the flow, <laughs> but I like structures and, you know, yeah. I like all the things. And so, you know, I, I was, he was telling me, he was like, who, who do you think you are, LeBron? He was like the body maintenance that you do. Like I do acupuncture all the time. I have regular chiropractic care. I get regular massages. I spend a lot of money on on taking baths. I take like five baths a week and I use two bags of Epsom salt and a bath bomb and a little of this and a little of that in the bath. You're you like in gold um, flakes <laughs> and frankincense and myrrh. And I have, you know, lots of lots of plant medicine to support me during the week. And mm-hmm. so and I and I do lots of experiences. So I get a lot of energy work done on myself. I get a lot of, you know, I, I'm I'm so blessed to know healers and so my monthly budget on things on on that kind of spending, um, it ain't cheap. You know, but I, I was telling him, he was like, who do, you, who do you think you are, LeBron? You're just like, but you're not going out there to play mm-hmm. something. And I was like, no, this is so that I can exist and I can show up impactfully in the world. And this is what my soul needs for my healing and, and all the things. And I said, but I'm not necessarily the one that's going to run out and get the newest bag, right? Like, I'm not necessarily the one that's going to spend a bunch of money on on labels. And, and that's fine if you do whatever, however you want to use your money, um, use it, but I do have my I do have my vices. I do have my special things that I'll splurge on, but it's always connected to my soul. I will splurge on a retreat. Mm-hmm. I will split if I hear about some insane experience that's going to expand my heart or mind. Mm-hmm. Add to cart, <laughs> sign me up. You know, yeah. <laughs> what yes. was it? Amber Khan says um, she's like people call me high maintenance, but it's okay because I maintain myself. Yeah, which I is love so that. like I love that. Just like the highness, you know, like you can maintain yourself and whatever mm-hmm. your priorities are, you know, whatever. Yes. And we also we've had, you know, financial experts on too and it was really liberating. He's like, "Make sure you're covering all savings, spending, housing, but then if you have one thing that you like have no limit on, then that should be your thing. Like my no limit is like health and wellness, spirituality. Yeah. That's like my no limit. It's mm-hmm. like, I know this is going to pay me in dividends in my life and my oh energy my expenditure and my growth in everything. So it's like, this is like no limit. I, I love food. that you said that. And food. Food, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's my no limit and that's my non-negotiable yes. too. And I, and I feel, you know, I, I thankfully I'm outside of the loop of 
womanhood, womanhood martyrdom, right? And I think that that's what kept me ever feeling guilt about doing things for myself. Mm. But this idea that if you are able, if you're able, and you're not as a woman who is moving through the world, who is also processing your own life experiences and your spiritual curriculum, oftentimes raising children or supporting your household, if you have it to spare, you should be doing a $50 massage a week. Why not? If you have the time, if you have the opportunity, the money, why wouldn't you? And I hear there are so many women I meet and it, it's so mind blowing to me that will be like, I've never had a massage before, or I only go, you know, once a, once a year I go and I get like a relaxation on mother's day. Girl, if you don't sign up for a deep tissue, Yo. lay yourself down receive yeah. and receive and that's and it receive. that's it and that's funny that's what we the three of us started oh, talking yeah. about when yeah. I walked into uh the living room <laughs> mm-hmm. just about you know all of what it takes as a woman to get in a space where you feel comfortable enough to just receive and to not have to do and to not have to give even this is this is the perfect example you know, if someone comes over and they're like, oh, I'll get that for you. No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. No, 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 no. I got it. Or, oh, I'm going to run and take out the trash. I'll take it off you. No, 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 no. I got it. I got it. Don't worry. I'll just do it. Women do that for everything, all the time, at work, at home, on the street. And so like kind of a, a game I've been playing with myself in this last year is just every time I want to say no. I investigate why the hell I want to say it first, and then I do the opposite. And I said, why Why am I constantly refusing help, but then sometimes feeling like no one wants to help me with anything or feeling like I'm so tired? And so I start looking at all the times that I turn it down without even thinking mm-hmm. for no reason, for no benefit. And then you're also robbing the person of showing up and being of service. You know, So it's like that energy exchange. We have to start to love ourselves enough, start to disarm ourselves enough so that we can receive what our needs are. We can really receive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've experienced that in female friendships where mm. I not allowing that exchange to happen, for example, like not... Um, Krista and I had this where I wasn't like sharing some intimate parts of like what was going on with me. And it wasn't like hiding from anyone. It was just kind of keeping it close. Cause I was like, okay, one, I want to just process this myself, but then also not thinking about how that is felt and how beautiful and beneficial it is to not only have a friend that I can trust and who supports me, but to be able to have that energy exchange around that thing that's going on, yeah. that issue, that challenge, et cetera. And I just felt like, oh, I don't want to put that on people. Oh, I don't want to, you know, add to the list. And I want to handle it myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm really robbing my friendships of that opportunity to, yeah, just. And that's a trauma yeah. response. Yes. Absolutely. That's the thing that we it don't was pr- talk It's protecting. About yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it's like, what. Yeah, maybe being let down when you told someone something good or, and I think in the receiving, it's like the yin yang of life, baby. Mm-hmm. People are people are doing a lot. Yeah, People are putting out a lot of content, creating a lot of things, doing a lot of work, doing a lot of self-work, doing a lot of all of these things. And no one is taking time to receive. 
And I can really relate to that of how much energy expenditure I was doing for years and years with almost 30. It's like, babe, where are you going? Mm. What's the goal here? Because you're doing all of the things you're manifesting, you're da-da-da-da-da-da, but you're making no space from an energetic level to have that come back Mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. And I really felt that imbalance where I was like, yo, it's like cloud. It's like a cloud. I was like, yo, all of this is out here, but there is no room. I'm not allowing room because I'm on to the next. And that's really like a product of our culture, a product of like the consumerism, the patriarchy, you know, that kind of thing where we're just do, 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 and we never receive. It's the feminine. Yeah, it's the feminine. It's the feminine that's been really lost. Even because the feminine is we're the mat like when we receive there's nothing better but we literally have been trained to not yeah you know and and that's the thing that i think makes it probably harder for women to get outside of that trap in that box it's we were brainwashed to deny ourselves since the very first woman inhabited the earth yeah Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. so then when we even begin to since eve ate the apple baby (sighs) Supposedly. That's yeah, that's so true. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, like. You know, it was and then, ass. <laughs> But then when we, you know, when we try to unravel ourselves from that and then we're, we're confronted with all of this guilt about it. Am I allowed? Should I? Also, why is this so hard? Why don't I know how to? What's wrong mm-hmm. with me? Maybe it's all true. May, you know, it's just, it's just this, this brain fuck mm-hmm. yeah i know it's I, i've been thinking about it a lot lately of like in the way in this because i try to gamify things mm. like it's fun when you are doing you know try to gamify things it's like oh my god that's so funny that once again i was doing this or i'm showing up in this way or i'm expecting this or something and make it a fun game or a fun conversation but one of the ways i'm sort of gamifying my work around that is thinking about my brain and how deeply entrenched the electrical circuits are between um, limiting thoughts or limiting beliefs. It's like, wow, those have been there for 30 years, baby. They yeah. work really mm-hmm. well. They are like, they are really well. So I always try and think about in my brain, my new circuits. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my newly developed circuits that are of constant positivity and believing in myself and receiving and all of these things. I was like, I just need to feed those circuits mm-hmm. more. Like yeah. I got to feed my yeah. new circuits, my new neural pathways in my mind because you really are in a sense rewiring your brain And because of neuroplasticity, it's really possible. So when we're doing more work, we're doing positive self-talk, it's actually changing the fibers of your brain and it gets easier over time. Wow. Yep. Yes. And you know, that's the thing is like, and I think we could all attest Mm -hmm. to that. It's like, it's not, it's, it's hard. It, in my experience, my experience was challenging at first, but I made it so that it was so bad that I had to do something. And now it just gets easier and funner and more playful because it's like, it builds on itself. Mm -hmm. It's okay to not be good at something right away. Yeah. And it's okay to (laughs) not know who we are right away when we begin this work. And I think that's the piece that feels like such an attack on each person individually. Like when you're like, okay, well, I said I'm going to do the work. I'm going to start and I'm trying, but it hurts so much. Why does it feel so hard? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's really just reframing it. It's new. And 
it's nothing is wrong with us, but the programming we had, it's working really well. Mm -hmm. And so how do I now say, hey, programming, thank you for doing the Mm -hmm. job you were set to do, Mm -hmm. but now we're changing course. Now we have a software update. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. Peter's a Brayton baby. Mm -hmm. Now we got a software update that Mm -hmm. we're uploading into the system. We're going to show up differently. And I also think too, what's the alternative? You know, for me, the alternative was to literally be so anxious. I could not, it was debilitating how anxious I was, how depressed I was. And that was, what's my alternative? Be deeply uncomfortable, but deeply committed? Or is it to be in this state of like this low level anxiety or depression that I felt like was normalized in my experience? I felt like everyone around me had normalized it. And there is something to those that that means a lot physically, that means a lot emotionally, and I've struggled with them deeply. So it's not something to to scoff at. It's not something that's easy to get over. But the alternative to the work is like a life that feels just unlived. Mm. And if we think about any any opportunity to change, like the beginning part of the process is always so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and confronting. Mm -hmm. Like even if we think back to like just being a little kid and like learning to ride a bike and it's like that, that beginning is so frustrating and we want to give up and it's just constantly happening in our lives. And so like to Chris's point, if we can kind of gamify it and be like, oh, another thing. Okay, cool. Like I have a new opportunity to become new again and to just kind of, yeah, see life in a different in a different light. It becomes truly that gift in the moment. Mm. Yes. You know, it's like, wow, so so privileged to be able to like be so aware mm-hmm. that yeah. this is happening yes. and fully commit to like the new the new mm-hmm. period. What you just said is so perfect and it speaks to my soul and that's really that's how I approach life. And I I, I love that. I love that lens because our superpowers, our curiosity. Mm-hmm. If we could just mm-hmm. remove the judgment of self and move into a space of enthusiastic curiosity about these things, it changes the whole way that we receive ourselves, the whole way we process. We were talking um, before the show, we were uh, catching up on many things. Some of the things I can't share. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe at a later show. That's Debbie Dev after dark. <laughs> maybe at a later show. Um, but one of the things that, you know, that I had shared with you guys is that what I realized over Easter was how much shadow work was coming up for me and how like I, I had gotten really triggered by something and it kind of like, I felt that familiar anxiety swelling in my chest. I felt this need to control. I felt this desire to have an immediate reaction or to have it tied up in a bow. And then instead of acting on any of it, I took a breath. And I just said, one, I felt gratitude because I said, gosh, you've come so far. And look how much work you've done, which has allowed this piece that you never noticed before to come up. Mm-hmm. This deeper piece that you hadn't paid attention to yet, it has now been able to rise to the surface because of all the obstacles that are gone. And then, and this will happen within a span of a couple minutes. Like that's how the process works in real time. But I remember then it it came in as this like just this beautiful gust of of wind of joy and I said, "Oh. Okay, I have something I can sink my teeth into. This is for my highest good. Mm-hmm. There is there is some healing to be done here. There is a wound, but I found it. Mm-hmm. So I can heal it. It doesn't have to just be there." 
And so then I started approaching it different and I ended up spending um, that evening just in prayer with myself and in meditation. And I explored and I actually got to the root of what that anxiety was about earlier. And I felt like I, I got to a place where I made peace with it. And this happened in a couple of hours. The alternative alternative would have been I could have behaved in a way that changed the structures of some of my relationships in a way that I then burdened myself with guilt or judgment about. Mm-hmm. And maybe I could have been holding on to that feeling for the next year or two, mm-hmm. you know? And yes. so I, I just kind of like, I love that break that down and show that kind of road because I, I really want people to understand when we talk about the work, healing can happen in the twinkle of an eye. Mm-hmm. It's all about our participation. What are we willing to do? What are we willing to let go of? Yeah. You know? And it's Yeah. And starting with you rather than kind of like forcing yourself into the conversation with those that might have triggered what came yeah. up. Yeah. Because I think sometimes we think, well, it's because of them. Yeah. Well, they did that. Yeah. And that's why I felt that yeah. way. But the deeper question is, how does it have that effect on me? What is what is the older feeling? What is the first feeling mm-hmm. behind that one, right? Like how, why would that upset me, especially if I know truth to be something different? Yeah. How does that hold me there? Why has this become a cell for me? Can I open the door, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah, and Ram Das always says, if you think you are enlightened, spend a week with your family. <laughs> <laughs> Just one of my favorite quotes of all time because it's the biggest fact. <laughs> I remember I would be on my path. I would be like, yo, I'm almost perfect right now i'm so spiritual i'm meditating every day blah blah and then i would go home and be like yo what the fuck and, be like, Dude. and I'm ten, i would go home and i'm 10 again and i'm like i don't care like it's just it's crazy yeah if you want to check on where you're at spiritually go hang out with your family yeah. that is huge mm-hmm. huge yeah 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 I'm always so blown away by both of your work on your show on the podcast, Almost 30, which everyone, please, you have to listen to the show. Um, and they have like a million episodes, so there's so much to get ca- <laughs> to catch up on. They've been doing this for a while um, and, you know, just been at the highest level possible. But just our individual conversations, it's just you guys are both exceptional women and just so brilliant. So it is an honor to have you on my show. Thank you so much. Oh, we love you. And everybody listening, you have to listen to the episode I did on yeah, your show. Yeah, it's so bomb. It's unreal. It's so, it's so unreal. Mm-hmm. A woman mm-hmm. in her power, for truly. real, for real. Truly, truly. Um, well, hopefully we drop gems. We drop gems. My, my life is all is to drop gems. <laughs> <laughs> to drop gems with Debbie Dev. Uh, we love you guys so much. And thanks, Steve. Yeah, we really appreciate you. Catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace. Bye. Hey, find me on social. Let's connect at Debbie Brown. That's Twitter and Instagram or go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe and send this episode to a friend. Dropping Gems is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Tribble and me, Debbie Brown. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.